part two of dealing with flies, prevention, and maintenance crew. Let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us on this all-new episode of the Ranch It Up Radio Show. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. A big thank you goes out to our partners, the world-famous Mile City Buck and Horse Sale. As we speak, that's where we're at. Pharmatan and Imogene Ingredients, the Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange, and the Fence Post, Westway Feed Products, Allied Genetic Resources, Livestock Market, Equine Market, and AuctionTime.com, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Cow Country News, you know, the cow stuff. Our top news story, and a lot of you have been blowing up the phone lines on this one, and that's California's controversial Proposal 12. Well, it stands after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled 5-4 to four in favor of the law later last week. California's Proposition 12 bans the sale of pork from hogs that don't meet the state's new production standards, even if pork was raised on farms outside of California. Any whole pork from hogs born on sows not housed in conformity with the law cannot be sold in the state of California, regardless of whether the animal was raised in state or out of state. This one has lots of us in the cattle business watching, wondering, could and if, could this potentially happen to us here in the beef business? In fact, as I said, I've taken a lot of messages and phone calls discussing this very topic. Proposition 12 requires whole pork meat to be born to a sow that was housed in 24 square feet of space in conditions that allow the sow, excuse me, to turn around without touching any enclosure. If pork is sold or doesn't meet the requirements, it will be a criminal offense and a civil violation. Various different agricultural groups, including the American Farm Bureau Federation and the National Pork Producers Council, are disappointed in the ruling, saying it's a significant loss for the pork industry. The groups argue that if California's law stands, then other states can set requirements, making it more difficult to meet the state's varying production standards. Now, if hog farmers outside of California adjust their operations to meet this Proposition 12, experts forecast production flows to drop by at least 25%, disrupting the entire supply chain. And that is why so many, as I said, in the cattle business are watching as Proposition 12 unfolds. Share with me your views on this. Fire me an email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Call and text me 24-7 at 707-726-2420. That's 707-RANCH20. Now, coming up is part two of our two-part series, Dealing with flies. Today, we're focusing on the prevention of flies and what to do if there is that potential fly problem. So stick around. More of the show. We'll be back after this. What is one of your favorite times of year? And it's right around the corner. Easy branding season. I love branding season. Crew, it doesn't matter if you're selling commercial heifer calves come fall or bulls next spring. Branding season is the time to take samples for genetic testing. Get enrolled in Identity Branded or Identity Beef. Add value to those feeder cattle. Add value to your breeding cattle through genetic evaluation tools from, you guessed it, Neogen. The world-famous Mile City Bucking Horse Sale for 2023 features one of the largest one-day match bronc ridings in the world. Sunday, May 21st at the fairgrounds, a PRCA-sanctioned event with 32 of the best bronc riders in the world riding for a $50,000 purse. Sunday, May 21st of the Bucking Horse Sale weekend, parimutuel wagering also available. Find the schedule and tickets online, buckinghorsesale.com. 
Livestockmarket.com puts you in control when buying or selling commercial livestock, seed stock, or show stock. The easy-to-use online platform at LivestockMarket.com offers private treaty, online auction, and live auction internet bidding. Animals are sold before they ever leave your place. And with LivestockMarket.com, there's no middleman. Buyers connect directly with livestock and hay producers. There's no easier way to find buyers for cattle, sheep, goats, pigs, and hay. Sell on your terms today with LivestockMarket.com. Cattle Battle. The Ranch It Up Radio Show, the most information packed into a 30-minute program that you can find. It's your all-things ranching newscast, and so glad to be with you. Comments, questions, concerns, criticisms, call or text us at 707-RANCH-20. That's 707-726-2420. Email us, ranchitupshow at gmail.com, and we're all over social media at Ranch It Up Show. Today, we start part two on our series on flies, and we are focused on prevention and dealing with a fly problem. So yes, we're going to talk about fly tags, and many of you ask the questions about how many do we use and when. We're going to answer those questions. Back with us today is Dr. Wayne Ayers, a technical consulting veterinarian for the beef team with Elanco Animal Health. Dr. Ayers, let's dive right into this because we've got lots to go over. How do we battle flies? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we can do on a cow-calf operation is the use of uh, fly tags. You know, we start thinking, well, you know, those things cost X amount of dollars a piece, and, you know, I'm only going to spend one. Well, if we go back to our economic example and say, hey, you know, there's a potential for me to lose 15 pounds of weaning weight, and this year we're looking at cattle going to be, well, around three dollars a pound exactly right yeah that's 45 bucks right that's 45 dollars well what's a what's a three dollar ear tag (laughs) right (laughs) right or pretty good return on my investment the biggest thing about ear tags is timing and application um now we have some areas of the country some of the areas down in the deep south um Flies are just pretty much resistant to pyrethrins, and they have a real hard time. But um, in other parts of the country, the north, um, uh, it, uh, they're still very effective. So you kind of have to know your region. you got to kind of talk to your veterinarian and, and find out maybe what, what works, what doesn't work. But it's really important for us to rotate between classes because these flies do become resistant. It only takes about one to two years for a fly or for the flies to build up in the environment uh, that are resistant to pyrethrins. It takes two or three years for flies to become uh, resistant to organophosphates. So it's important to um, rotate back and forth between those two and, um, and not just changing brands, but you have to make sure that you're looking at changing the chemical class, pyrethrin, pyrethroid versus organophosphate. So, um, and then timing. So these things have a fixed life. They're not, you know, they, they, they exude the chemical out of them regardless of the class. The cow spreads that around on her body. It's not magic. It, it doesn't make this bubble boy, you know, aura around the right. cow. Right. The right. cow right. actually has to put the chemical on the body. So while she's grooming, she moves around and that tag rubs on her body and it also rubs on her calf while she's grooming that calf. 
So it's very important that the tags are on the front of the ear, not on the back of the ear. If you think about it, if when you watch a cow turn around and lick her back or groom, she folds her ear against her neck and then turns her head. Oh, sure. So if that tag, if that tag's on the back side of the ear, the only thing it touches is her neck. If it's on the front side of the ear, every time she moves her head around, now that tag is rubbing on her body. And, and that's one of the things that we see, you know, people say, hey, these tags aren't working. And you go look and they're on the back side of the ear. Well, she doesn't have flies on her neck, but she's got them everywhere else. Right. So, um. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's funny, Dr. Ayers. I've, I've had this conversation with people, and, or I should say debate, sometimes a heated debate. And they've argued with me and they said, well, you know what? Those ear tags, if we, if we put them. If we put them in and uh, then they get caught on bale twine and they rip out of the ear, and I always say, well, then clean up the bale twine. It's just that darn easy, right? Yeah, I know. That's exactly right. Or they get caught on the fence. Well, if you had enough grass in your pasture, your cows probably aren't reaching through <laughs> right? the fence. Yes, so, yes. so it might be, a good, might be a good time to change pasture. Exactly. Um, a management strategy. Well, what about using different types of applications together using multiple different kinds of applications does that get cost effective are we controlling them you know especially like you say we rotate that chemistry we're going from a pyrethroid uh to a to a different kind of an organophosphate and we're changing our chemistry but what about applications should we use maybe a couple of them in combination with one another and if we do is that economically viable i know that's kind of a loaded question isn't it yeah, and and but you're you're exactly right. We we talk about targeted control points. Um, so on the animal, the breeding areas, uh, the resting areas, and then maybe just in the environment where they're flying around, like you know, in a confinement operation where you can drive down with a fogger or something. But the more places that we can actually touch these targeted control points, the better fly control we have. And you prevent that bloom from happening that you were referring to earlier, where it always seems like a certain time of year we get we get flies no matter what we do. Well, part of the problem is one, you are those flies that are maybe are resistant or have some degree of resistance are the ones that are replicating the most, and so those build up in the environment. Um, uh, uh, the length of the fly tag. The fly tags, um, like our tags, say 150 days on them, that they're, they're effective. That's kind of an EPA thing. You know, how much of this chemical is being released above some threshold. And so the real effectiveness of, of most of our, say, our fly tags are around 90 to 120 days, not the 150. They're still exuding chemical, but it starts to diminish after that. The most effectiveness is the beginning. So if we put them in too early and we don't have flies for three months, I'm, I'm on, operating on the tail end of oh, the fly, so, you know, of, of the tag. And so it becomes really important to, to try and time a treatment. Um, so you can, you, can, you can help out your tag. So we could put a tag in, put tags in uh, a little closer to fly season, regardless of whether you're in the north or south or wherever you are. You kind of know when we start to see tags just from, or uh, flies just from history. And you kind of want that tag to go in right above, right about that time that they start to come on. Um, so we can help the tag by putting pour on on their back at that time. Yeah. 
probably costs about a dollar a dose to put a pour on on at the same time as we put the tags in. But if we can, can if we reduce that beginning replication, um, we we help that you know that cow spread that material around and just reduce those starting to build up those flies. Um, the other really important thing on a cow calf operation and on and stalkers, anything out on grass is is some sort of a larvicide, a feed through larvicide that could go in the mineral. And now we're killing those uh, eggs and the larva that are hatching in that in that manure since that's the, the you know the face fly and the horn fly, that's where they where they um, replicate. So now we can kill those as they hatch and we prevent that bloom or at least reduce the volume of that bloom um, that happens usually later in the season. Um, you know, sometimes, well, hey, my only opportunity to touch these cattle is, you know, this particular day and I know it's too early, um, but that's my, that's my touch point. Well, then the next thing is let's, is there somewhere else later in the year when we know that those tags are going to start to diminish on effectiveness? Can I go out with a spray on the side by side, you know, with a little spray rig and just spray cattle? Um, cattle are very, very smart. And once they figure out you're offering them some relief, they don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. They let you drive. They let you drive up there and yeah, spray because they, mm -hmm. they know. They figured it out, right? They, they, if the first time you do it, they might wonder what's going on. You take a couple people, get them in a corner or something. But once they know, they get relief from that. And so those late stage ones, then I like to change the class again. So if I'm using a pyrethrin tag, then maybe late in the summer when, I, when they start to build up in the environment, um, I'll go out there and spray with an organophosphate like Corral. Um, so, so there's, there's, different strategy of helping knock those things down. Can I, can I do something else? Can I incorporate my pre-wean vaccination? That'd be a great time to mm -hmm. apply another dose of fly. Or I've had people that, that have a, a really long fly season, like in the South or California, where it's extremely long and there's, there's no tag that's going to cover the whole thing. So there are some places that they'll put, have the tags in the cow, They'll cut them out when they do their pre-weaned vaccinations and put another one in and maybe change classes then or even the same one or just go to a, you know, to a, a fairly uh, short economic, you know, and, and a reasonable economic one. But the thought is, is just to keep that presence out there. Um, one thing I didn't bring up is uh, when I started talking about application and making sure it was on the front. There's always this running debate. Do I put them in the cow? Do I put them in the calf? Right. Um, some people put one in each. The reality is that cow needs is the is the target. If in a perfect world, I'd put two in the cow and one in a calf, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter which year on the calf, because what the cow does, she spreads it around on both sides of her body. If she only has one, she can only spread it on one side of her body, so the flies will live on the other side of her body. If she has two, then she does a reasonable job. If I can do three, now the calf, what it does, it spreads the chemical underneath the cow's belly when it nurses. So it helps offer that relief underneath when in the heat of the day. If I can't afford three of them, I'm going to put two in the cow because the cow grooming the calf will keep those off of the, off of the calf. And the economic loss on the calf comes because the cow isn't milking to her ability. And so if I protect the cow, 
I will protect the calf, both both from supplies and economics. Dr. Wayne Ayers with Elanco Animal Health. Great to have you back on the show. Now, I know a lot of you, the debate is back and forth on dealing with fly tags. A lot of people question the efficacy of those fly tags. And here's what I'm going to say is always visit with your veterinarian. Have those conversations and put together the program that is best for you based in your area, in your environment. And of course, it has to be something that is affordable that works into our management program. So keep me updated on what you're using to provide the critters with a little bit of alleviation. How bad are the flies in your area? Send me some pictures, take some video, post them on Facebook, fire them my way, email me, and we're going to share some of the best of them on the show. Want to see in other parts of the country what you're doing and how you are battling the little pests that drive the four-legged ones and this two-legged one absolutely mad. So Dr. Wayne, thank you again. Now stick around. We've got Kirk on hold as we speak. We're talking numbers and we're talking these feeder cattle prices. Stick around. We've got a lot more of the Ranch It Up radio show. It's coming up right after this. Spring has sprung and I know you have everything going through your mind from calving to spring planting. Are we going to get enough rain? Are we going to have enough hay? I understand this. But remember, it's not too late to add Allied Genetic Resources genetics into your bull battery. Now, spring may be here, but bull buying season is far from over. There's still lots of Allied sales one can attend. Make a difference and add Allied Genetic Resources to your program. You'll be glad you did. EquineMarket.com puts you in control of buying and selling horses of all breeds and disciplines. The easy-to-use online platform at EquineMarket.com offers private treaty sale, online auction, and live auction internet bidding. Horses never leave the farm until the buyer arrives. And because buyers connect directly with sellers, there's no middleman. Sell horses and hay on your terms today with EquineMarket.com. Welcome to the world-famous Mile City Buck and Horse Sale. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. And I'm Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, the host of the Ranch It Up radio show heard on RFD-TV and the Cowboy Channel's Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. We cover cattle, rodeo, ranching markets, and everything in between. On and off the air, we are Tigger and Beck, the voices to be heard. Crew, welcome to the world-famous Mile City Buck and Horse Sale. Now let's ranch it up. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ranch It Up radio show. It's that time in the program when we check back in with Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated, and you can subscribe to Kirk's free newsletter by texting the word CATTLE, C-A-T-T-L-E-2, 33777. That's kind of the best way to get going with the program. That way you get the updates, you get a little bit more specific information, and then that way you can email Kirk back and forth. Kirk, how are you, my friend? I'm very good, sir. We got cows out to grass finally. Oh, right on. That so pretty good. Is it looking decent in your neck of the woods there in central Montana? I would have to say it's looking about as good as I've ever seen it. A little winter damage in some of the crops and the hay and such, but generally the grass looks incredible. The reservoirs are all back full again. We have one heck of a start to the year so far. Well, what the heck are we going to complain about in this episode then? <laughs> we'll have to find something. <laughs> right. I'm sure we will, though. <laughs> right. All right. So what uh, What do the numbers look like from last week? All right, Tigger. As of Friday, May 12th, August feeder futures closed the week at two twenty eight ninety seven and a half. That's up $7.22.5 on the week. 
off of those nearby lows. The CME feeder index closed at $2.58, up a dollar twelve. That leaves our basis at a negative $4.89.5 versus May feeder futures. That's pretty wide basis as we're in May and expiration. The August futures are $28.39.5 premium to cash. With a little bit over two and a half months to go, that's a very wide spread to nearby cash. The spread of August feeders to December live, when those August feeders would kill roughly, is $57.40. So August feeders are $57 above the December live board. That leaves the feedlots with a pretty daunting task of overcoming that spread. Long way around the barn, what I'm saying is who knows where we're going, but feeder futures in the fall months are very, very high. June live cattle traded 164.40. That's up $2.42.5 on the week, with cash trading 170 in the south and 174 to 178 in the north, leaving our five area weighted average down nine cents at 173.89. And the basis or the difference between the five area weighted average and June live futures at a positive $9.49. I would point out to the listeners that a normal May basis is plus five. So the board and cash have about $4 more basis to try to trim up one direction or another. The weekly slaughter came in at 646,000. That's up 23,000 on the week and down 5,000 versus the same week last year with choice boxes closing the week at 304.61 down $4.58 on the week. In conclusion, December corn closed the week at 5.07 and a quarter. That's down 28 cents on the week. We did have a bearish WASD report for corn, and that kind of led the corn market lower. Hey, all. Mark Banzi with equinemarket.com. Coming up this Wednesday, May 24th, we have our monthly online horse auction. Bidding opens at just $100. No reserve. All horses will sell. Featured lots include cash. A Palomino quarter horse gelding, gentle 15 hand grade gelding. He's 15 years old. He's kid safe. Trail rides in a group or alone crosses rivers and ditches from Three Cross Ranch in Gillsville, Georgia. Little Bucky, a buckskin gelding, 12 years old, grade 14 hands high. Great trail horse currently being used to ride yearlings on grass and he'd make a great junior rodeo horse from MTS quarter horses in Ada, Oklahoma. Peppy's last minute. An APHA gelding, 17 years old, 15 hands high, lots of life left, super broken, easygoing, anyone can ride, kid-safe trail rides in the mountains, and check cattle from MTS quarter horses. Clinton, a gray APHA gelding, 15.2 hands high, 11 years old, one hand broke, no vices on the ground or under saddle, great for show or pleasure from KR Training in Larkspur, Colorado. Pedro. A Missouri Foxtrotter gelding, 18 years old, 14.3 hands high. He rides outside, trail rides, ties, good for the farrier, easy to catch, no stall vices, no buck, no bolt, no rear from Ricochet Stables in Athens, Texas. Casper, a gray American cream draft gelding, 15.3 hands high. He's five years old, stands tied. He's easy to braid and wash. The groundwork's done. He's been under saddle. He's ready to finish your way from KR Training. Denver. A black Rocky Mountain mare, eight years old, 14 hands high. This gated mare is an easy keeper with no maintenance who loves a job. She'll go over any obstacle from KR Training in Larkspur, Colorado. Ariel, a sole quarter horse mare, energetic, well-trained mare, ready to cross anything you point at her. She's sound, has no maintenance, and is up-to-date on all routine care from KR Training. A Rocky Mountain mare, 19 years old, broke and used for trails, sweet and easy keeper, up-to-date on all vaccinations, teeth, and farrier from Haugesund Farms. Thor, a Blackshire colt, 
half draft. He's intact, eight months old. He's been weaned a few months, and he's doing great. He's been outside his whole life on a 1,000 acres. He's been in the halter and started the lead from Crown H Ranch in Warland, Wyoming. Bidding opens at just $100 and is currently live, but all horses will sell the morning of Wednesday, May 24th. Got a horse to sell? Regular online horse auctions the fourth Wednesday of every month on equinemarket.com and auctiontime.com. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. Now, before we say fairly well, we want to give a big tip of the hat to, y'all know what I'm going to do on this, to everyone that is attending the world-famous Mile City Bucking Horse Sale as we speak, actually, and Beck and I in Mile City, Montana, as we speak. If you see us running around, come up, say hello, or, or you know, send us a message, message that is, on 707-726-2420. Text us and say, hey, we're, we're sitting over here. Come and join us. So, buckinghorsesale.com is where you can go for some additional information. If it's last minute, you want to get up and hang out with us, I encourage you to do so. The weather's absolutely gorgeous out here. And also, jump online and check out their official swag, their merc. Yeah, just go to buckinghorsesale.com. All kinds of cool stuff going on. And hope to see you today, tomorrow, the next day in Mile City, Montana. And now, friends, that is going to wrap it for today. A big thank you to all of our guests. First goes out to, again, Dr. Wayne Ayers with Elanco Animal Health. A wonderful conversation talking about flies and specifically fly control. If you want more information on that, make sure that you follow us and you are downloading the podcast version that you can go back and listen to that. A big thank you to Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated. You can get more information and you can follow Kirk along, again, by texting the word CATTLE, C-A-T-T-L-E, to 33777. A big thank you to our partners, the world-famous Mile City Buck and Horse Sale, Pharmatan and Imogene Ingredients, the Tri-State Livestock News, the Farmer and Rancher Exchange, the Fence Post, Westway Feed Products, Allied Genetic Resources, Livestock Market, Equine Market, AuctionTime.com, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel and Wrangler and Crew. So glad you all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow and like us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. We post the shows there every single week in case you miss one. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. And as I said, you can call and text us 24-7 at 707 Ranch 20, that's 707 R A N C H 20, 707 726 2420. Spread the good word and join us again next week where it's always Tigger approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up. <laughs>